the Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversation with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is a complement to the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to serve a greater good. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week, my guest is Bethany Webster. She's a writer and a coach with a special interest in what she calls the mother wound. I caught up with Bethany over Skype. She was at home in Massachusetts. Okay, so Bethany, you say that many people don't realize that the core issue at the heart of women's empowerment is the mother wound. And I found that a very compelling statement. And it's a bold statement too. So can you just give me a sense of what you're talking about when you talk about the mother wound? Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so the core issue, and the reason why the mother wound is kind of the crux of women's empowerment, and it's something, you know, you're right too, it's a bold statement. Not many people talk about it because the mother wound is really a, a taboo it still remains very much a taboo for women to talk about their relationship with their mothers. And the reason why it's a core, the core of women's empowerment is because our mothers are really our first guides, our first teachers. They really provide the template for womanhood. Um, And because we live in a patriarchal culture, which in the broadest sense, it just means that we live in a culture where women are taught that they are less than less than men and less than in many different ways. Um, And that's really, I think, the missing link that I bring in my work with Womb of Light is that bringing in the context of the patriarchy in looking at how women's empowerment um, manifests, you know, the obstacles to it and how it really flourishes. And it really, for me, I've seen in my own experience and in women around the world that the very intimate relationship between a mother and her daughter, whether it's, you know, for better or worse, it could be very close or it could be really um, fraught with a lot of conflict and pain. Um, It can really inhibit, you know, on the the side of the spectrum where there's pain and conflict, it can really be a great barrier to a woman stepping forward into her power. And there's many reasons for it and many threads there. Some of them are that, you know, a lot of us have seen our mothers struggle You know, we've seen the way they've struggled both in their marriages, their relationships, um, in their own careers, um, and just within themselves, with their bodies, with weight, with food. Um, A lot of us have have so much deep compassion for our mothers and, and the sweetness and innocence of being little girls and wanting, we want our mother's approval. We need her approval for survival. And we also want our mothers to be happy. And there, when we see, you know, a child can't help but personalize it, you know, when we're children, we see our mother suffer and we think there must be something I can do, or I must be somehow contributing to my mother's pain. Yeah. That's just natural. Cause of course, as children, we, we're naturally narcissistic, but you know, the, our parents don't have their own life. So the child right. does think that if my parent is unhappy, it must be because of me, because it takes a long time, I think, for us to conceive of our parents as having their own lives. Right. And that's developmental. The piece that comes in that's really challenging is that 
there's this belief that if we truly flourish and be who we want to be, if we are powerful women, visible leaders, um, if we really follow our creative, you know, impulses and be who we want to be, that we're somehow abandoning our mothers, mm -hmm. um, taking away from them. And, and so my main point is that because of the patriarchal context in which we live, it creates an either or scarcity kind of dynamic between mothers and daughters where only one can be powerful only. And if one is powerful, the other one is somehow disempowered. Mm -hmm. And this is not actually true. And I think this is part of my work is helping women realize that we can get to the place where we can feel fully empowered and alive and visible and offering our gifts. And that doesn't mean we're taking away from our mothers. Well, I was going to say, I think it also brings up the issue of, uh, so I think so many of us don't want to deal with our dark because we think that that means we're blaming our mothers. So like we, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to address our own stuff because at some point we, we have to confront this notion that we don't want to blame our mothers for not being the woman that we needed her to be. Cause we know that she was just doing her best and yet there's impact and, and it just is true. Right. And yet there was this impact. And so I, and I think this is true for men as well as women that yeah. we can feel like there's this big no go zone around certain issues, particularly around the mother, because we don't want to blame her for the stuff. But the, the fact is there is an impact when you're, you've, you, your parent has struggled and yeah. it, it, it's an incredible, I think, act of uh, courage to go into those particular wounds. Now, I want to ask you to get kind of more specific about the symptoms. Like, how do you know that you have a mother wound and not just a problem with the patriarchy, for instance? Or how do you know that you have a mother wound and uh, it's it's not, you know, just uh, something about uh, a different kind of trauma? How how do you make that distinction? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, and I before I jump into it, I just want to jump off something you said because I think you made a great point, which is that. Um, conflating. It's a conflation between if we, if we really heal ourselves, heal our mother wound or step into our power that we're blaming our mothers and that we feel, we must feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a symptom of what I was talking about earlier, where there's this kind of enmeshment between mothers and daughters in a patriarchy. Um, and it's, it's all, this work is all about decoupling those two things mm -hmm. where you can see that your mother suffered and she tried her best and she did her best and that does not take away from the fact that you suffered and have healing to do around mm -hmm. it. Those two things are equally valid and important. So realizing, yes, your mother did the best she can and you suffered. And this suffering is not something to say that your mom is bad. I mean, that's the enmeshment, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's really about using our, our relationship with our mothers as a source of information, we need to look at that relationship in order to be the visible, powerful women we're being called to become. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, she's the template, she's the foundation. Of basically, the way our mothers treated us is how we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's the beauty of doing this work is when you're working on the mother wound, you're not just healing like your career or your relationships, you're really dealing with the underbelly of all these beliefs and patterns that started so early in your life and you're able to transform not just one area, but multiple areas at once. And that's mm -hmm. the miraculous part. As I've seen my clients, you know, they work on this issue, but all of a sudden they're having mm -hmm. transformation over here and over here. And it just kind of pops up as a byproduct of doing this deep inquiry and this deep work. Okay. So before you get to that, that question that I just asked previously, the one thing I want to say too, is that I think a lot of us, uh, 
who have great mothers and who, you know, mothers that were super women are really always trying, really supported us and all of that, think that, um, well, this, this can't possibly be rooted there. But, you know, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, so I like to remind people that at some point your consciousness entered your mother's body and co-mingled and you were just marinating in her emotions about how she felt about herself. So she might have expressed love and support and, and projected lots of support on you, but that doesn't mean that you aren't still carrying uh, the residue of her own lack of self-esteem, for instance, yeah. just as a for instance. So I, yeah, so the, I, I, I'm just, I'm totally with you on everything you're saying. Okay, so go yeah, back to the, that's uh, awesome. the symptoms of the mother wound then. How do you know that it's the mother wound when it shows up? Yeah, well, I can tell you a little, you know, a quick little version of my own story, which illustrates that, which is that, you know, for a long time in my own journey, I really didn't want to look at the mother wound at all, my relationship with my mom, because it just felt too overwhelming, too big, too cumbersome. Um, so I was in therapy and on a spiritual path, and I, but I began to realize that every issue I was dealing with always came back to this core relationship of what I learned from, in, from my mother, what she taught me, what I just observed about her, um, what she taught me about being a woman, what's taboo, what's not, what's possible for me in the world. You know, I learned all of these things from this, this relationship. And eventually I decided, you know what, I need to just look at this head on rather than dealing with the symptoms of it. I need to go into the core. And that's, and I think that's what's something a lot of us don't realize that, you know, whether it's issues of, you know, not feeling good enough, um, feeling like there's something wrong with me. That was something that was kind of in the background of my existence for a long time, which was like the sense of this black hole, like there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. And sense of shame. Um, and also an existential despair. This is something that I was feeling for many, many years, but didn't have the balls to look at it <laughs> because it was just too scary. But realizing that um, looking at it, um, was really my mother's pain that she passed along to me mm -hmm. and that I was keeping myself small as a way of being loyal to her. Mm -hmm. And that's really, I think, the issue of the mother wound is being small, feeling like we have to be attenuated in order to get love. Mm -hmm. Another way to say it is that as women in this culture, we've had to give away our power in order to be loved. That's the this really conundrum that we've been facing. Mm -hmm. um, and the fear is that if we are big, if we are visible, if we are large in any way, that we're going to lose people we love, that we're going to be alone, that we're going to be rejected. And relationships are what we're taught to treasure most. And what mm -hmm. more relationship is more sacred and um, than the mother, you know, mm -hmm. than, than caring for our mothers and the person who gave us life. Right. So, um, yeah. Do you think that the mother wound is just an archetypal experience that everyone's going to experience? Or do you suppose that uh, it's it's possible that we could do it better? I, you know, I'm a mother, my daughter's 11, can I inoculate her somehow? Or is this just an archetypal rite of passage? She's just gonna have to go through all of the uh, awareness that she gleans from my shortcomings, basically. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I, I agree, and I, I wanna just, um, before I go into that, explanation, I want to just define what the mother wound is because that yeah. might make it easier. Okay. So I see the mother wound as having two components. There's the personal part, which is the relationship that you had with your mother, your personal mother, you know, all the dynamics and patterns and beliefs that were part of that. And then there's a cultural piece of the mother wound. And that is the pain of being a woman that's been passed down unconsciously through the generations. So that pressure to be small, that pressure to um, give yourself away in order to be loved or to suppress yourself 
how women have coped with that generation after generation through hundreds of years, there is a cultural piece to it, like a collective piece. Mm -hmm. So I see that there's two levels here. And I do believe that at this time on the earth, um, that all women have it to some degree, even if you had the best relationship with your mom ever, if that's even possible, you know, um, that there's some piece of this because it's cultural. Even if your mother managed to escape all of this, um, you live in a culture that still pressures you to be small in order to be accepted. Mm -hmm. So, um, I believe that as mothers nowadays, the best thing we can do for our daughters is to work and heal our own mother wound mm. because whatever we do not deal with in this relationship or with this unfinished business with the mother wound, we will pass it along guaranteed, mm -hmm. um, unconsciously. It's definitely not conscious. Um, but even like in those examples where, you know, our mothers and as mothers, we do this too. Like, I just want my daughter to be safe you know, for example, so, you know, stay quiet, be, you know, don't talk too loud or, you know, mm -hmm. we want our kids to be safe. So we will try to work within the culture however we can. Um, so I think, you know, as mothers healing our own mother wound is what actually naturally frees it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, a lot of my clients have told me that, um, and the part of the work that I do is helping women to empathize with their own inner child mm -hmm. and to really mother her, to become the inner mother to themselves that they always wanted. Mm -hmm. And a byproduct of that, that's something that just happens on its own, is that women have more, by virtue of doing that, more empathy, more presence for their own daughters, for their own kids. So there's this real connection between the, our ability to mother ourselves and the ability for us to show up and mother our kids in a more present, available way. There's mm -hmm. a connection there. And you said somewhere too that, you know, the fact is that no child can save their mother. So yes. our job as mothers is to save ourselves. You know, yes. that's what, that's what we need to do in order to uh, almost uh, break the spell that we've been under as, as girls and women that it's, it's not okay. Like I need to be loyal to my mother at all costs. It's not okay for us to have pain in our relationship. It's not okay for me to uh, feel, you bring up, you know, real taboos like competition or jealousy yeah. or envy, you know, competition for love, that scarcity mentality. And so, yeah, we need to pull our functioning up as mothers, I believe, so that we yes. can absolve our children from feeling they need to be loyal to us because there's nothing they could possibly do to, uh, to, to save us, as you put it so well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that, that, uh, taking responsibility for our grief, as you put it, is, is also a really beautiful thing too, because, you know, our, our grief is our praise. And so when we grieve the needs that weren't met as we were young children, we're saying that was important to me. We are yeah. saying now I value that. I value that inner child. I value that my voice mattered at that time, even though I didn't get those messages or even though you were yeah. going through your own shit, you know, <laughs> like when we yeah. grieve it now, it is our praise and we sing the song of our soul. I think that it's like, oh, right. I'm reclaiming the value uh, that I know that I am worthy of that grief. You know, a lot of us are yeah. like, I just haven't got time for the pain. I don't want to <laughs> dwell in this. It's like, well, you know, you're worth it. You're worth it, right? So absolutely. Now, this notion of daughters feeling that they have to choose between being empowered and being loved is a pretty difficult thing to dismantle culturally. <laughs> How do you see as mothers, we can, uh, let's say we're, we're going to go ahead and we're diving into our own grief and our own mother wound. How can we as mothers uh, 
sort of connect that into the everyday with our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the really cool thing about healing the mother wound and the process that I teach is that we break taboos down at every single step. And that's really where I see, you know, each woman who heals the mother wound doesn't just heal herself. She heals the culture. We're healing the culture at large. They're so intertwined. That's what's so fun and exciting about it. Um, but yeah, you know, one of the major things that we can, um, the most powerful thing I think in this work of healing the mother wound is honoring our messiness, honoring our, our imperfections. You know, when we honor the child within us, we honor, you know, our deeper creativity, our innocence, our truth, our true impulses, our true observations. We're like honoring our God given self, like our true, authentic, real self. And I think um, just in the process of doing that, whether that's allowing yourself time to grieve, just like what you just mentioned there as a good example, demonstrating your worth in loving your body mm-hmm. and, and your imperfections there, speaking your truth, even when other, you know, I talk about the willingness to be misperceived um, is a powerful thing for women and for mothers to demonstrate that to their daughters, to be willing to articulate with precision, you know, their own truth, no matter what other, how other people respond, Mm. but being willing to stand in that, that's part of this work. And I think just by osmosis and by doing this work with, you know, as a mother, I just have so much deep respect and I'm so inspired by women like you um, and women that I talk to all the time who are doing this because they're so passionate about their daughters and wanting to clear the way for them. And I'm just really in awe just how sacred that is. Mm. And it really brings me to tears on a regular basis, (laughs) just witnessing the love of mothers who have gone through this themselves Mm. and and want to reclaim their selves, not just because they want to heal, but because they want to clear the way for their daughters. Yeah, so true. Now, one of the things that you brought up was this idea of standing in your truth, no matter how people are going to respond. And I was really fortunate motherhood, uh, you know, I kind of feel like my daughter sort of birthed herself and then we just sort of carried on our merry way. But I know that there are a lot of women who struggle with identity once they've had a child and it is a tall sunshine and butterflies and roses and there's so much guilt because you want to you're told that this is supposed to be a wonderful time and you know that that having a child come into your life is going to be so you're going to be so filled with love that you will never feel resentful or like you just want your own time or you know all of these things come up I think and so I really respect women who are able to say I really struggled in my first you know, months or years with motherhood. And now what comes up in me, I can sense it in my body is discomfort around how the child might receive that. You know, Mm -hmm. if, if we're talking about that culturally and children and young women are like, oh, wow, it wasn't all sunshine and roses for my mom to have me, you know, that, that might be a little bit difficult. So what would you say could be like, Uh, what would be helpful in the cultural conversation that will give young people a perspective that like it's okay to struggle even with something that's supposedly as natural as motherhood? What do you think would be helpful to start shifting that conversation culturally? Yeah, that is an awesome question. I'm so glad you asked it because I'm really passionate about that myself. I think that as more women are really honest and open about, um, 
you know, their experience, basically being human, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's something in our culture that women are just not permitted to be. Mm-hmm. And with every woman who does that, who steps forward and says, this was hard, you know, um, paves the way for many more women, just one woman speaking out. And I think for children, number one, that's beneficial just because they can see their mothers as real people. Um, but also part of the healing, the mother wound just culturally, but also, and this is something we do because what we all really want from our mothers that the culture hasn't permitted in previous generations is for a mom to say, I screwed up, I made a mistake, or I'm human, you know, some form of I'm human, and I'm willing to be the best I can for you, or I'm willing to keep trying. You know, I'm willing to, you know, I made a mistake, I'm not perfect. And that doesn't mean you don't deserve me to keep trying for you because mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. So I think in the patriarchy, Parents had this thing where do as I say, not as I do. Um, you should respect your parents, even if they abuse you, you know, stay silent. Um, that is so damaging. And we just, we can see it, you know, all around in how that's screwed up a lot of people, um, just in the sense that the sense of shame we've all inherited. Mm-hmm. But as more and more parents own their imperfections and um, and are communicating to their kids, like, it's not about you. You know, like I love you and I make mistakes, but my mistakes aren't a result of you being bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. kids take things so personally, Mm -hmm. naturally, like we were saying before. And so kids need to be explained. They need to be told mom's problems aren't about you. Mm -hmm. They're just because mom, but mom's getting support. Mm -hmm. And this leads me to my other point that I wanted to make is that I see that the overarching, like cool thing about this work is that. I really see it bringing more support to moms, mm. moms as human beings, moms as being imperfect, moms needing each other. Yeah. You know, moms deserve so much more support in our culture than we get. And the more people that acknowledge their mother wound and how much they've suffered because of their own mother's suffering, I think that we're going to see just how powerful women really are, mm-hmm. um, not just in the world, but also giving birth and how much work that is and how much it takes and how much fortitude and bravery and courage and and self-honesty and self-care that it requires. I think we're going to build a culture that really gives moms more credit, more support, more space to be real. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to just enhance um, their ability to parent um, in the long run and, and for kids to feel really seen and loved by their mothers because their mothers, um, can feel more seen and loved mm-hmm. by themselves and also by the culture and the people at large. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And you know where you see this, this is such a ridiculous example, but you know, when you're pregnant, everybody's getting up to open doors for you. Everybody's letting you in line. But when you have a kid and a diaper bag and like a stroller, (laughs) there's like no one to be found. Like you're an afterthought, right? (laughs) It's like it takes a while for people to notice because now you're a mom. Now you're just kind of a, a worker bee, right? Whereas the pregnant woman is like, an embodiment of the mystery. And so we revere the mystery, but when we get to reality, we want to, you know, change the channel. So I'm curious, Bethany, how's your relationship with your mother? Well, it's actually, it's so funny how I came to do this work because I never thought that I would be like teaching about the mother wound. And, um, and it was really just a discovery for me of my own organic process that's taken like 
20 years. Um, but my relationship with my mother is non-existent at this point. And I'm one of those women, and there's a lot of us out there, and actually I hope to work with more of them in the future, but there comes a time when if you're having a conflictual relationship with your mom where you may have to make a choice between how much do I try to make this work, you know, and how, how much is it hurting, hurting me and my own well-being to continue in this way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I'm really an example of someone who's tried and tried and tried and had to make that hard choice to make, you know, not have contact. Mm -hmm. Well, it's very nice to meet you because I also am estranged from my mother and had to do the same thing where it was like, I love you and I bless and release you because, yeah. you know, it, it, and it, and so this is an interesting shift. I would like to know how you uh, approach or deal with the cultural shame around not working to sustain a relationship with your mother. And, you know, I don't, I often, I don't want to have to get into, you know, oh, here's the background. Oh, you know, addiction, mental health. I don't want to have to like kind of, I don't want to have to tell people my story. I want to be able to just say, yeah, I yeah. choose not to have a relationship with my mother. She's lovely and I love her, but I, I can't have her in my life. And I choose not to have her in my life. And uh, there it casts a pall. It sort of stops conversation at, it on does. Mother's Day, doesn't it? So how, how, what do you think about that, about that shame, yeah. the social scorn oh. uh, involved in not sort of respecting and revering our mothers when we make the choice not to have contact? I'm so glad you asked this question because it is, it's such a taboo thing and not many people want to talk about it. And I have, you know, my clients also have this challenge where at a party someone says, oh, how's your mom? And you're like, oh, I don't really talk to her right now. It was challenging and I had to take distance. And people are like, Arr! you know, you can hear yeah. the record scratch. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, you know, there was a time in my life where I would take it really personally if someone said to me, oh my God, you're not talking to your mom. You know, you got to try harder. Um, you know, she's your mother after all. And, you know, I've heard it all. Um, but right now I just feel like I've done so much work on myself. I have so much confidence that I've gone so deep into my own process that there's no ambivalence in me that I've done the wrong, that I've done the right thing. Like I know that I've done what's best for me. And that's why, you know, this whole process of healing the mother wound is there's a lot of places to get stuck in guilt and questioning yourself. So that's why I feel like as a coach, I'm so passionate about helping women go through it all the way mm -hmm. um, and really feel that integrity because not having contact with your mom is usually the most last resort yeah. You know, it's usually a choice that has been made after a daughter has tried and tried and tried to great to her own detriment to make this relationship work. And it's something that people don't really understand unless they've gone through it. Mm -hmm. So I really see it as an opportunity to really strengthen your own self-love, your own integrity, and to connect with other women who have been in this position because I really see it as kind of a warrior path. Um, and that's part of this journey is like transferring your point of um, like attachment, your, your source of safety from your personal mother into yourself. And that's how you really take that power back from the wounds of your mother and your, your mother lineage. And you really become a true individual. That's how I see it is you really become a powerful person in your own life in a way that other challenges don't really offer this level of transformation. Mm -hmm. well, so I actually, sorry, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to say that I see that my mother has given me an incredible gift in the pain of the mother wound and taking it all the way 
um, by going all the way into my own pain, I feel like I've had a new experience of my truth and my own divine nature. Mm -hmm. And, and that really opens us up to connecting so much deeper with others and with our really why we're here. Um, because really the mother wound, I see it as a really a wound with life itself on a deeper level, because in those early days, mother is life, mother is world. So when we heal this on such a deep level, we really become born into a new being, into a new way of life, new way of seeing ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. So this taboo, you know, facing these taboos is really kind of part of this warrior path as I see it, you know, having to face the darker places. Um, and that's why support is so essential. Like I was really lucky right away in my own journey to get an amazing therapist right away. And also some other amazing teachers that I was, you know, I was able to go deep into it and come out the other side. Mm -hmm. So I think I want to say too, that support is absolutely essential. Yeah. Um, and, to, and, and you need somebody yeah. who has a pretty good tolerance. As you say, you know, it is a warrior path. So you need somebody who isn't going to try to make everything better and isn't, you know, really, really invested in only living in the light or however they want to put it. It's like, you know, I, 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 and I want to be clear, I just because I, I sometimes have to say to people, just because I'm at ease in uh, the state of my relationship with my mother doesn't mean I'm not in pain. I'm just yeah. in, I'm, I'm at peace with it, but that doesn't mean that it isn't, you know, very difficult and excruciating, but it's sort of like that. I can't go on. I'll go on feeling <laughs> it's like, and, and, yeah. and this is bigger than myself. And I think one thing that helped me was recognizing that, as you said, no child can save the mother, uh, you know, quite some time ago, I realized I needed to uh, put it another way. I needed to release her to her karma. Like I couldn't live yeah. it for her. I could, totally. there was no amount of compensation in my own life. There was no amount of personal spiritual development that I could do that was going to somehow magically by osmosis infuse her with a sense of self-worth and security and safety in the world and all those things that I would love to um, uh, endow her with. And so yeah. I had to release her to her own path. She's got to do her own thing and I, and not even her own work, but it's like, Hey, if, if, I, and I'm not sure if, if it's necessarily only that I have released her from my life, but she might also be in a, a certain amount of self-imposed isolation because I know as a woman, that's what you do is when you don't feel worthy, you withdraw yeah. and you isolate. It's very difficult to uh, uh, receive love. You might even have a wonderful partner. Let's say you've like been going through your mother wound or whatever and decided you're worth it. But a certain kind of receiving a certain kind of love, it almost makes you wince, right? It's like, don't look at me. And, and that's where the residue of that uh, sense of uh, not wanting to shine out of loyalty. I mean, I think it, we, we can see it in so many tiny insidious ways yeah. as women. So I, I, I just, I love this subject yeah. and I'm just so pleased, Bethany, that you're out there doing this work in the world. Yeah. Um, so the traditional last question on the Numinous podcast comes from the Proust questionnaire. And so this is going to just take you into a different headspace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last question is always, what do you consider perfect happiness? I love this question. What do, what do I consider perfect happiness? That can look at like so many different ways. The thing that's coming to mind right now is just feeling that that can happen in any moment, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just feeling deeply connected 
to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I would say too, like there's something about in there about being safe, like mm-hmm. feeling safe in yourself and free. What the, a lot of the work that I do with women is helping them to create an inner bond, an inner sense of safety. And what that does is it allows you to be truly, um, to step away from older patterns to take risks, to be original, to be creative, to be a leader, to ha- to be a master, whatever that looks like for you, that that key inner safety, um, that really is just like the launch pad into such deep freedom. So I feel like for me, perfect happiness is knowing that you're safe. Mm-hmm. You're safe in yourself. You're safe in the world, um, that you belong, that you're loved. All those things that mothers, you know, give us in the beginning to whatever degree she can. And then it's our job as grown, um, emancipated, liberated, awakened women to cultivate that that feeling of safety and, and unconditional love within ourselves mm-hmm. in whatever small ways we can. That's beautiful. Well, I feel safer knowing that you're out there doing this work, (laughs) Bethany. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you, Carmen. This has been an awesome opportunity. I'm so grateful for the invitation and I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be thinking about this conversation for days. That really scratched an itch for me. That was great. If you'd like to find out more about Bethany and her work, you can go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A, and just click the link for the podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all the notes from today's show. If you enjoyed this episode today, please share it far and wide with seekers like you, because you never know who needs to hear it right now. And if you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, and click the link for The Numinous School, my online intuition development course. While you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter. You'll instantly receive a free meditation download, and you'll get something free from me every month. Until next time, take care.